Flipping it backwards, it's play on. Picking it up, Copley's away. He goes to Tompkins. Copley, the Copley. He won. He won the race. Copley on his outside. It's a double. Copley, Copley, Copley. Outside, he's also got Copley. And Copley will score the try. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Life in Sport podcast. I'm CJ, and I'm joined by former Brisbane Broncos uh, Titans and Roosters winger Dale Copley. Thank you for joining us. And yeah, how's your day going? It's pretty early, but how's it going so far? Yeah, it's good. Um, like to be up early, so that's no no issue for me. Um, and thanks for having me. Looking no, that, to- no, that's yeah. all good. Pleasure's all mine. Um, so I mean, let's get started. Obviously, always got to start with the early days. Um, you're born in Ingham, but you moved to Brisbane at a young age. Um, what was it like growing up in Brisbane? Basically, around a massive rugby league sort of culture, playing baseball. Yeah, it was um, a really, you know, great upbringing. I certainly uh, can't complain with that. My parents provided everything that a kid could ever want. Uh, I was allowed to play whatever sport I wanted. I uh, grew up down the road from um, a sort of Brisbane rugby league before the Broncos were in. It was a bit of yeah. a bit of a sort of legend, Ziggy Strasser. So I, um, he had two sons that were a year on either side of me, uh, one older, one younger. So yep. to say it was a pretty footy, uh, crazy street that we lived in. <laughs> and so, yeah, that was um, that was my growing up until I think I was about 13 when we moved out of that street, um, but still keeping contact with those two, those two boys. And, yeah, we just lived and breathed sport, whatever was on the TV. Yep. Uh, we were playing for two weeks during January. We were... Leighton Hewitt in person on the street. Um, During the summer, we were trying to spin the ball like Shane Warne rather unsuccessfully. But (laughs) um, yeah, and then obviously during winter, it was all all footy. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it was a great, great time. It was probably a little bit different to now where kids were just allowed to play on the street without their parents um, until dark. Uh, Yep. yeah, it was a really great time, uh, obviously, in a rugby league crazy city. Um, did you follow the Broncos growing up? I did, yeah. I was a yeah. diehard. Um, Bit yeah. of a tragic, would you say, or or yeah? Massively. Um, <laughs> my mum tells a rather embarrassing story about the day Alf retired the first time. Yep. Um, I was oh, – I can't really remember how old I was. I was probably seven or eight. Yep. So I, was, I was at primary school, and I, was, I cried myself to sleep. Yep. Night. Mum, mum picked me up from school and told me the news. I've got a very similar story. The 06 grand final, I was at the 06 grand final Bronco Storm. As I'm sure you know, Shane Webke's last game, I was, I think, 10 or 11. And as the final siren goes, obviously the Broncos are champions, but I, it comes over me realizing it's Webke's last game and I just ball all yeah. like for about 10, 20 minutes. Yeah, I've, I've been there, don't worry. Um, but yeah, he's come mid-year. I remember it was like a bit of a shock. Mm. I, I didn't even have the ecstasy of the premiership to make me a little bit happy. So, yeah, I was I was a tragic, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Um, absolutely loved loved everything about the club, and yeah, which made it made it really special. Obviously, being able to um, debut and you know, Alf was a assistant coach when I first came in. <laughs> that would have been like goosebumps, like shit. He knows my name, sort of thing. And tending yeah. tending into that obviously you went from baseball to rugby league well as you said multiple sports in general so what was the decision well what was behind the decision to stop baseball which you were quite 
good at from what I've been able to like research and you chose to focus your full sporting efforts on rugby league what was the decision you know process behind that yeah I was I was uh, I remember quite vividly it was kind of crazy I was 14 but it felt like I was making this huge decision um the I just played like a state carnival up in Townsville mm-hmm. the Broncos had offered me a contract mm-hmm. uh, now, the rules with baseball is that Major League Baseball clubs can't, or back then, I'm not sure if they've changed now, but Major League Baseball clubs couldn't talk to players until they turned 16. So I was still okay. years um, before that. So one club broke the rules and took my parents out for dinner, uh, but I was quite, I was quite sort of after. Um, yeah. Or I was going to be once I hit my 16th birthday. So it got to the stage where the baseball season and rugby league season were crossing over. Both sports wanted more. They weren't happy with just summer of baseball and winter of football. Football wanted, you know, a little preseason before the season started and then baseball wanted, you know, a similar thing through the winter. So I got to the stage where I just couldn't do it. It wasn't enough. So yeah, when the Broncos offered me my contract, obviously being an absolute tragic and, uh, (laughs) Yeah, huge rugby league fan. Um, that was the decision I went with, quite obviously. But uh, it was, yeah, it was big at the time. Like, mm. I, I it, it, as you said, you may have thought it was life changing, but it kind of was, given how the your life the trajectory that it turned out. Yeah, well, I I get asked the question a lot from people that sort of knew my baseball history. Do you have any regrets, or you know? do you ever wonder what life could have been? Like, it's pretty natural to to ponder on those things, I think. I had a few mates that did sign and go over there and, you know, they got to travel the world and play baseball. Wow. And, um, but, you know, that's pretty cool, pretty awesome too. But they, like, none of them were able to crack the big leagues, which is and, – and as 14-year-old, obviously, I lent on my parents a fair bit and that was kind of the conversation was – I was pretty good in Australia, but we're a pretty small market in terms of baseball. Yeah, yeah. There's probably millions of kids as talented, if not more, than me. In exactly. Yeah, you may have been one in a million here, but you were like one in a billion flack of a better term over there, sort of thing. Yeah, of course. So that that kind of came into it. I was pretty, you know, being Australia and rugby league, you kind of know where you sit in the, yeah. in the things, I guess. So, yeah, that. But yeah, it felt like a big decision. It's kind of weird. Looking, oh, it absolutely was. You know, at fourteen, but um, yeah, certainly no regrets. I had a pretty fulfilling rugby league career, and and uh, yeah, I mean, but it is it is interesting to think like what what could have happened. Yeah, know? like you never know. You could have ended up being you know the number one Australian export in the MLB sort of thing. Well, yeah, it's uh, yeah, you don't know. It's it's all those questions that will never get answered, but. You know, probably could have gone to the Olympics. Like that was, you know, probably a pretty reasonable trajectory um, at the very least. So, yeah, it would have been an interesting career path too, no doubt. Uh, but it yeah. would have would have required moving to another country. Yeah. You know, at seventeen, trying uh, to settle into that life and all that. Yeah, it yeah. would have been the big the big leagues is all there's plenty of money in that. Fly private jets, but in the minors, it's buses all the way around. To, you know, America, which is big country. So yeah, it's not all, it's not all glamorous before you, 
before you get to the big league. So and same with NRL, more or less as well. Like it's it's yeah. your your own peanuts really all the way up until the NRL. Um, so let's tangent into that for a little bit. Um, obviously as you said, fourteen, you signed with the Broncos, you know their youth academy, that sort of stuff. Um, what was it like the first day going into like the Broncos facilities, and you know how? At what point did you realize after signing that contract, etc.? Okay, I'm going to give it like you know I can make it. You know I believe in myself, sort of thing. Oh, uh, I think at the time when I signed at 14, it was uh, like sort of every, everyone that you'd played rep footy with at that age was kind of getting signed by a club, so it was just kind of path of the course. Like it was yep. kind of expected that I would sign with someone, but it was um, obviously really exciting to sign with the Broncos, all the kids in Queensland. That was the club. Yeah. That you so wanted to sign with. Southeast Queensland. And then I think might've been a year or two later, the Titans came in and started going pretty aggressive uh, at a lot of, um, a lot of the kids in Southeast Queensland, like Ryan yeah. Jackson at that time yeah um, well ryan james is uh from where my partner is from which is where i'm at at the moment in tweet eds he went to the school that my partner went to so yeah, right. yeah. So we're still pretty good mates speak quite regularly but what how how's he sorry to tangent in real quick how's he adjusting to the broncos because you've been at both clubs the titans and the broncos and now he has as well have you spoken to him and how he's adjusting at the broncos yeah he uh he lives down the gold coast at his family home so when yep. he has some late trainings uh, and early starts the next morning, he'll quite often uh, stay at my place. So, yeah, we get on, we get on really well. He's finding it really good. He obviously went down to Canberra for a year, so yes, he did. Certainly enjoying being back home, being back around his family, and yeah, in the Queensland weather a bit more. And <laughs> yeah, certainly appreciate that more as we come into the colder months down there. So, absolutely, yeah, really enjoying it. Um, he's in, he's in good shape. Um, he's looking fit in the you know the the training videos I've seen. Yeah, and he he played really well for Indigenous All Stars the other night. So yes, he did. Yeah, I think he'll have a really good year, and um, he's really enjoying himself up here. So yeah, uh, we could. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I was just like, hang on, yeah, that's a great segue. Continue with what you were saying about you know it was basically expected that you'd sign with a club. You signed with the Broncos. The Titans come in around that time as well, and they were poaching a bit of everyone as well. Sorry, continue. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think at that stage I thought, oh, this is like I'm I'm a chance of making it here. And then sort of just finished your school footy. I uh, year twelve broke my wrist, which became a, <laughs> became a theme of my career. But um, didn't play much footy in year twelve. And then I was just really excited. The NYC started in my year twelve. It did yeah. The Broncos made that the grand final that year, which was awesome. So like to go into the preseason that following year was. Um, like that was really like exciting for all of us kids coming out of school. We got mm. the to wear all the Broncos training kit and show up at the same gym that the first graders did. How'd that feel? And that was cool. Like that was, yeah, that was huge for, for kids that were leaving school. And um, obviously it's been uh, pretty well documented, the challenges that were associated with getting all the training gear and, and yep. being able to live that life. So um. Yeah, then like six, four months later or something, fair little injury crisis in the first grade side, and, and then Origin comes, and um, yeah, got to got to debut, which come way quicker than I thought, and yeah. it probably wasn't until like I think I started training with the first grade squad like two weeks or three weeks before before the debut. 
for the debut. And that was probably the time where I was like, whoa, this is this is a chance of actually happening. Like yeah. Um it, it sort of just came so quickly. It wasn't it wasn't a thing where I I knew three years before. It was literally like two or three weeks. Wow. Um, yeah, it was a it was a crazy time. And the week of um, your debut, because obviously those two to three weeks, it would have been like, am I, aren't I going to debut? Maybe this week, maybe not. And then the week that you actually do get your debut, uh, what like t- talk me through or talk us any listeners etc. about the um you know process from when they when they told you right you're starting this week you know you're getting your debut to running onto the field and finishing the game and everything in, like involved with that. Yeah, it was it was back when uh, Monday night footy was getting played. So we played Monday oh, night, Monday night footy, Dark Park at um, yeah on a cold, miserable night in Cronulla. Um, so I knew for probably not quite two weeks, but probably ten days that mm-hmm. I was going to play. Well, because it was the Monday, so yeah, you would have had that bit of extra time. We came off a bye because it was yep. in Auburn, we came off a bye. So I think I found out like that Thursday or Friday, the week in a bit before okay um so i had a long time to prepare um but yeah obviously extremely nervous um i was playing fullback i played fullback which i'd played a little bit in the 20s but um hadn't really played a lot of uh so yeah that was a bit foreign as well but Mm. i trained there obviously with for the week and a bit um then yeah we end up getting getting flogged by about 40 Odd that night, Blake Ferguson um, scored four, oh. four tries. Yeah, so it was a pretty ordinary night. Uh, I had a bit of a shocker. It was but, hey, you, you got a debut, which is, I mean, that's more than what I've than what I've ever done in the NRL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it was it was hard to it was hard to um, you know not be excited by that moment, but also when you get beaten that that bad. It, it humbles you a little bit. Certainly straight after the game, it was a bit sort of sombering. But then the next day when you sort of wake up and realise what hey, I'm an NRL player. And, um, and you'd achieved a dream that you'd, you know, yeah. dreamt since you were five. Did you, yeah, did up. you manage to fly a family down? Were, were they able to get to the game for you? Yeah, so the club, the club um, flew my mum, dad, sister down. Um, and they, yeah, they all got to stay at the hotel, uh, which was another like different thing for me. Like mm-hmm. when you're, when is you fly down on the day of the game? Um, yep. so we flew down the day before, so that was all. It was all new. It was all, yeah, really exciting. And then, yeah, mum and dad obviously got to come, and my sister got to come and share the moment, which um, you know it was good for them too because they'd obviously done a lot of K's in the car, yeah, uh, around the training and and game. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, and obviously nowadays it's a much it's a big thing of like jersey presentation for the debut did that happen for you and if so who presented you your jersey um it, it wasn't a it wasn't like it is now mm. I, I actually i actually can't really remember um mm. i think i think it just got announced there was me benny hunt and guy williams debuted on the same night um, yep. but that was from uh, it obviously wasn't Yes, it certainly wasn't done like it is now with yeah. the families coming in and, and stuff because I, I can't remember any of that. So No, that's fair. Yeah, it's it's a bit different. I love how they do it now. It's it's oh, absolutely- is, isn't it awesome? Yeah, and, and speaking of um the Broncos and your debut, you a few weeks later got your first try. 
in the NRL, which was against a team that you'd end up playing for, which was the Titans, and it was on the Gold Coast. What was it like? And how did you, obviously, in the moment, how did you feel after getting your first try? Yeah, that was uh, really exciting. I think, again, we got beaten pretty convincingly, and it was right at the end of the game. I think it might have been like seven or eight minutes left, and um, Hodge like, flicked it through his... He did. It flicked fast. Line. Yeah, and then it, crazy thing. A couple of years later, I scored one against the Titans at Suncorp. Pretty much, <laughs> I, like, I think. I think, I think there's video on my Instagram that's like it compares the two, and it's like it's crazy. It's wow, mind blowing, really. Like the two same players against the same team. Yeah, in the and same just years apart. Yeah. Well, I'll yeah. definitely, I'll definitely pop that into the um, episode. You know, footage so people can see what you're talking about because yeah, it was more or less a. a it was literally looking in a mirror. More yeah. or less. It, it's crazy. Um, and then obviously after your time at the Broncos, because um, you went until 2015, and then you went down to the Roosters for a little bit. What was it like, the sea change, the um, even the uh, facilities change and all that sort of stuff at the Roosters? Yeah, that was, um, that was an experience. I probably, you know, before that time, I, I thought like players always move clubs and it was move cities and it was, you know, you just did it and yep. it was not going to be a huge adjustment. We'd moved to Sydney. Sydney would be a great place to live. We'd that's so uh, different. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's an understatement. Yeah, so I'd, I'd sort of lived, uh, not at home. I was I was out of home, but I was very close to my parents. Uh, I had all my family, friends that I'd gone to school. You had your support network. Everyone was close. Then you go, I went down there and had none of that. I was by myself I couldn't just pop around to my mates or mum and dads or you know anyone that I was close with so yeah I probably underestimated uh how big that change was going to be for me and for for my whole life all I had to uh, focus on was rugby league and um, because everything else was everything everything else was fine and taken care of and you know, I didn't have to put how to get to training in my GPS. Like, <laughs> yeah. when you go down there and, like, I don't know where Woolies is. I don't know where anything is. Yeah, uh, wow. Which, like, sounds very simple, and it is. Like, I understand that. But I didn't appreciate the challenge that I then had off the field, which still, in reality, wasn't a huge challenge. But, it, but do it, you think it impacted your on-field performance, uh, maybe? It, um, I think it combined well I, I ended up getting injured really early um at the roosters so that gave me three months really to settle in and i i think once i got back on the field it, it i had settled in and it was fine yeah, but definitely it did take an adjustment and then there was the whole it was a totally different club different coaches different facilities different everything so yeah. i always thought clubs were run really similar and to a point they are but they're they've certainly got their differences, differences that make them unique and and uh it's why you know the word culture is spoken about so much because yep. they are different there's no yep. doubt about that so yeah it, it took a little bit of adjusting and it was um you and know what was the main differences that you noticed at the club like as in going from the broncos to the roosters as in whether it was the facilities or you know robbo had a different you know way of doing things sort of thing yeah well i'd, I'd just come from we had wayne for 2015 obviously yep. Yep. uh and Obviously, he's well publicised as how good he'd oh, been, mate, point he's and still, still obviously going, you know, really well. Uh, and then went down to the Roosters and Robbo 
kind of a oh, certainly a different era of coach, like a lot younger, a few, few different ideas. And I think just the the technical side of footy, I'd never really appreciated or learnt. Uh, Wayne was probably more uh, let his players uh, sort of work it out for themselves, I suppose, and didn't give a lot of like really technical uh, coaching. Yep. Uh, and Robbo was like on the opposite scale of that and was extremely technical. Uh, and so that was, uh, that took a bit of getting used to because I suppose the focus going into a game would be, you know, with Wayne, it'd be, I've got to, you know, it was all the like intangible sort of stuff. Like got to bring good energy, you know, like yeah. that don't take skill, I suppose. And then yeah. Robbo going into a game, it's like, we've got to get to here. Then we got to do this. Like it was, it was just a different different mindset, and wow. both both obviously work really. Oh, really. Absolutely, and that 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 was a really good lesson in that. Um, certainly in rugby league, but I think it probably corresponds to life as well. There's plenty of ways to skin a cat, and what you've got to what you've got to understand is that what you believe in, you've got to live, and you've got to get the people around you that buy into your philosophy, and then then you can make it work if you're genuine about it. So, absolutely, that was a really good lesson um, just in life for me was seeing two people extremely extremely successful both of them and robo will go on and win many more comps as well oh, absolutely. so 15 20 years time he could be up there in the conversation with wayne you know so yeah for sure uh, yeah it was a great lesson in the fact that two guys completely different yeah coaching but they, but they both game, get the results but they both get the results so yeah, it's 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 less a case of how you do it as to who you get involved and in, and getting players to buy into what you're doing. So, yeah. and I think that's probably pretty transferable across across business in general. So, yeah, no, absolutely. And then obviously after the Roosters, you came back up to Queensland and played for the Titans for a bit. What was it like? Well, not for a bit, but for a few years. Unfortunately, had a um, unfortunate run of injuries while you were at the Titans. But what was it like? You know, being able to, like you said, come back up to Queensland on the Goldie, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that was, it was obviously, I, I got told in sort of October-ish, I think, from the Roosters that they decided to make, um, turn Luttrell into a centre, which worked out pretty well. Um, <laughs> For them, yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah, so that meant um, I had to move on, which was fine, but it, I really wanted to get back to Queensland. I was missing, I was missing home. Yeah. Uh, but that's why it took a while because I was pretty set that, it was either the Broncos or the Titans and the Broncos, I'd just left there. So that wasn't going to happen. So it was really the Titans. I was waiting out on them and they sort of showed a bit of interest early. And then anyway, they had a, I ended up starting that next season playing New South Wales Cup for a while. And then it was funny how it works. We played, we played Newcastle in New South Wales Cup as yeah. the to the Titans Newcastle. Yeah. Cause you guys would have been the feeder club. Yeah. Yeah, the Titans had about six injuries that day. <laughs> yeah, a lot of outside backs, and then it just—it pretty much had to happen. They—they they pretty much had no players left. So wow. it was, uh, yeah, it's just funny how it works. But um, yeah, that was—it was good to come back to Queensland. Um, I uh, yeah, certainly missed being around family, friends. So coming back and the was weather. It was yeah, the weather, weather unbeatable up here. So. But yeah, very tumultuous couple of years there with coaches changing and mm. um, the ownership changing. It was uh, I'd gone from obviously the Broncos are financially very very stable, the Roosters the same, and then yep. 
came to the Titans and that just that that opened my eyes as to just the probably there's a perception out there that the salary cap makes the comp even everyone spends the same amount of money but it's nah. far from that it's not even close to being even so um yeah that's changed now with the new the new owners the the club's um certainly a different place to back in 17 when i got there so yeah but that was an eye opener as to just how the comp's not really as yeah, it, it, it's, it's really not like i mean even though i'm not you know in as in the know as a player would be but it's definitely like there's a reason why there's you know three to four maybe five top teams every year like yeah. yeah, it's you can't deny that. Um, and 2017, you play the Broncos at Suncorp, which I was actually at that game. That was actually my first ever Broncos game at Suncorp. Um, yeah. Which so it was it was weird to see. Sorry, to, it's just my experience seeing you in a Titans gear after I'd seen you at like play for the Broncos down in Sydney, sort of stuff. When I because I grew up on the Central Coast, and so I come up Suncorp and you're in a Titans gear and I see, I actually think you scored a try that game. I may be wrong, but what was it like playing the Broncos against them at Suncorp? Yeah, that was, that was strange. I'd done it the year before playing for the Roosters. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, there was something about the Queensland Derby that being on the other side was a bit strange. Uh, and I probably felt that, probably felt that playing against the Broncos every time I did after I left. Uh, it was just obviously had a soft spot for that club and and then uh, sort of having left and yeah just it was just a different feeling when I'd play when I'd play against the Broncos so uh, and certainly there's no better place to play than Suncourt whether you're on the home team or away team it's a it's pretty unbeatable so it's amazing yeah yeah well, it, it really is amazing um, as in I've not played but I've been there for Broncos games and when I tell you, like, I got goosebumps, it felt like a homecoming of sorts going to Suncorp for the first time in 2017. Like, I was born in Brizzy, but, you know, uh, down on the Central Coast from when I was four, so I'd never got the chance to see the Broncos in Brisbane. I'd seen them in Sydney heaps, you know, but yeah. never up there. And, oh, mate, when I tell you, it was it was electric. It was amazing. I think it actually was the it was a good Friday game in 2017 against uh-huh. the Titans. Yeah, I, re- I remember it as if it was yesterday. And yeah, you did play and it was it was so interesting to watch. Um, and it was a good game regardless. I think the Broncos did get the win, but it yeah. was still um, it was still great to see, you know. And what better way to see it than the derby as well, you know, the, the Broncos-Titans. Um, but that's enough about me because this episode and interview is about you. Um, obviously, you then went on to play for the Roosters again and the Broncos again before you before you finished um, finished up last year. What was it like going back to the Broncos after playing so many years against them sort of thing? You, know, you went back in 2021. I, From my experience, when I saw that, we'd re- that the Broncos had re-signed you, I was over them and I was like, yes, because you had a great season the year before. It was, uh, even though, I don't know if you were injured that year or not, but you had a great run of form individually at the back end of that season. I'm like, I'm so keen that you and David Mead were all back. It's like, yes, let's go. Yeah, it was, uh, it was very different. Like it was a completely different club from when I left. Uh-huh. Uh, so it was obviously five years different. And in that time, there's pretty much all of, I think there was only like two or three players left from 15 when I yeah. was the class. So it was uh, very different. Like the, the facility had moved over the road. So yep. it wasn't in the same training facility. 
Did you have uh, to put that in the GPS? <laughs> nah, it's, it's at the same, it's the same address. It's just, yeah, yeah just across the road. So um, I knew how to get there, uh, which was a, a good start, but uh, obviously new coach. I'd uh, Kev was assistant back in yeah. 15 when I left. So I was familiar with, with him, but. And Alf was still there, of course. Alf was still there, uh, but yeah, there was just a lot of changes. The playing group was just completely different. It was pretty well brand new bar, probably three or four, I think Milf. Yep. Oatsy and Macca and Macca yep. ended up leaving. So he did, yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a brand new playing group, very very young group, uh, is, which yeah. was, which was okay because the Titans the year before was pretty identical. We had probably five or six of us older fellas, and then and the a rest lot of young youngsters. Guys. So, yep. Yeah, so I got I, I that didn't didn't really bother me, but it was yeah, it was brand new, uh, brand new facility, which is like. <laughs> Yeah. What was the facility facility like compared to how it was when you were there last? Oh, it's you can't you can't compare. It'd be four times the size. Uh, it's it's like walking it like what you expect to walk into at those big American colleges and oh wow okay in America. It's just like all the weights have got the Broncos head on them. Like it's it's um yeah it's pretty special. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, that was uh, it. Was pretty good to be able to train there um, and experience that. Uh, and yeah, it was it was obviously a bit of a disappointing sort of year. I didn't get to play much first grade and had a few really weak, sort of unfortunate injuries uh, early in the season. So yeah, it was um, got got to play a few games, but probably not the way I would have planned it if I could. Yep. Uh, and and then, then you went on loan to the Roosters. I think it was loan because the Roosters were just decimated last year. And there was a loan system last year and the year before uh, for the for teams and stuff. I'd mainly um, the year before, but and you went down to the Roosters. What was that like? Being basically told, "Hey, you're going to the Roosters for a bit," sort of thing. Yeah, well, it kind of happened quite quickly. Mm. Uh, obviously, the Roosters, as you said, were decimated with injury and and sort of struggling for outside back. So. Uh, when they obviously reached out, I wasn't playing first grade and, and because of COVID and the, the bubble, we weren't able to play Queensland cup either. So mm. all we, we were in a little mini preseason getting, getting flogged. So it wasn't a, it wasn't fun. wasn't fun. Uh, so the chance to play footy and at that stage, that, that was kind of when I'd sort of, I hadn't made my mind up, but that was probably when I was thinking, oh, this is probably going to be my last year. So when they reached out and gave me the chance, it was, and it made it even even more uh, palatable that they were based at the Sunshine Coast. Yes, um, everyone had moved up, so didn't have to move to Sydney. Just drive a drive an hour up the road and and uh, live at a holiday resort. So <laughs> yeah, there was no negatives in my book. Uh, so yeah, jumped at that chance. I uh, got the, you know, obviously the chance to rejoin a group that had done some extremely special things since I'd left and, and the core of that was still together. Yeah. I got to, yeah, really just see how far they'd come from when I was there last time. And yeah, pretty, pretty special club. And, you know, they obviously deserve everything they get and success won't be, you know, the ultimate success won't be far away for them again. I'm, I'm positive of that. So yeah, that was a, it was great to be able to finish off, you know, in a final series and I uh, got to, yeah, work with, you know, guys like Teddy who I'd never played with. And yep. um, yeah, it was, it was pretty special. So 
yeah, it's good to go out as a uh, as a rooster. Yeah, nice. And speaking of going out, you know, talking about retirement, um, as you said, it wasn't you weren't far off, you know, making the decision around that time. Um, at what point did you realize I'm done? You know, I can't do another preseason or, or whatever the decision was behind it. Um, you know, at what point last year were you like, yeah, I can't, I don't want to do it anymore. I can't do it anymore, sort of thing. Well, during those last few weeks that I was at the Broncos, that's where I was thinking, oh, this is probably it. Uh, and then when I went to the Roosters, it was just a bit of a shot in the arm that I needed. I sort of went there uh, and got to play first grade again, which um, I suppose when you're not playing and you're not getting picked, particularly the Broncos weren't weren't winning, um, you, you probably start thinking like it's just natural to think, am I still up to this? Do I still have it in me? All those questions go through your head. And then I went to the Roosters and <laughs> – kind of funny but my first game for the roosters is against the broncos it was yeah <laughs> and um played played quite well that day uh that night sorry um and that was just it was just the shot in the arm that made me think i can i can still still do this i can still play to the standard that's required i just need to be in a good environment i guess um yep. and then so I played that game and then we played the dragons in toowoomba the, the next week um Two minutes into the game, I roll over on my ankle and turns out broke my foot uh, and played 78 minutes on it. So the next day, it's the size of an elephant's hoof. Yeah. Um, and that was probably it. That was probably where I thought my body is telling me this is, it's not up to it. It can't, you can't keep doing this. Like it was, no one was near me. I just tried to step and rolled over on my ankle, uh, which you know, injuries were a huge theme of my whole career, so it probably shouldn't come as a surprise. But that was that was probably the moment where uh, I was I was set that that that's it. Um, yeah. And then I, I worked really hard to try and sort of make myself available. And I was 18th man for the last the finals game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was probably that was probably it. That was probably it when I broke when I broke my foot uh, in Toowoomba that night. Uh, that afternoon and um yeah battled on pretty bravely but yeah no, that's fair and and off field um you know throughout your time in the nrl you've done i, I may be wrong a law degree um and how's that been going and i'm from what i've seen i think you completed it and you're doing masters or maybe i've got that wrong but not how, quite. How, pardon not quite, not quite done. Um, so I, I'll finish in June. I'm just coming, about to start my uh, last semester. So oh, wow, yeah, that's pretty exciting. I started. How, yeah, started how's that been going? In, yeah, it's it's been good. It's been a journey. I started back in 2014. Yep. Uh, I started a pharmacy degree first when I first came out of school, but it was uh, it was quite hard given the amount of lab work that like compared to law. Oh, was it hard yeah. because you couldn't make the lab work? Yeah, gotcha. yeah. The, the the contact hours on university yeah. campus just made it really, really hard uh, whilst trying to pursue a rugby league career. So uh, in 2013, I did my knee and missed the whole season and I, I just wasn't enjoying my uni and I was like, this is too hard. So I had a good think about what I wanted to do and uh, come up with, you know, enrolled in, in law uh, at QUT and been doing that since 2014. So part-time? long journey yeah part-time uh, I sort of floated between doing two subjects a semester and one subject I wish I'd done two all the way through and I would have been done but um, that's the way it is and 
yeah, I'm nearly done now. So that's uh, awesome. Come June, I'll uh, I'll have my degree, and then. Uh, Are you going to go for your masters, or not sure yet? Uh, probably not. I've got to do PLT first, which yep. is another couple of months to get fully ticked off and uh, become a practicing solicitor. So. Wow. I'll probably do that first and then uh, I'll probably overstudy. <laughs> it's been so long. Yeah, so I'll yeah. probably have a break at least. And then uh, I dare say I won't go back and do my master's, but uh, stranger things have happened. And yeah, yeah, we'll get that done first and then we'll, we'll reassess. Yeah, nice. And um, how did you handle the, as I said, you know, you did sometimes you did one subject a semester or two, just depending on, you know, the NRL and all that sort of stuff. But how did you handle the, uh, for lack of a better term, workload of an intense degree such as law and NRL? And was the uni QUT very facilitating for you regarding, you know, being an NRL, you know, having that commitment as well? Yeah, the uni was absolutely brilliant. I can't speak highly enough for QUT. At the time, I think it's changed now, but I was, I was studying at UQ, University of Queensland, uh, my pharmacy degree, and they didn't have a... They didn't have a elite athlete program at that time. Oh, okay. I think that I think that's changed now. But I had a like the the straw that broke the camel's back was I had an exam, had an exam at three thirty for a pharmacy subject, but it was it was like data analysis. Mm. So it was run by the maths department, and there was a maths professor. So we played we played that night at Suncorp seven thirty. So obviously I had Shit. to be there at like five. Yeah, two hours. I just couldn't work. Yeah. So it might have been a three o'clock exam because I remember having like 15. The, the professor came back to me and said, I've looked, you don't play till 7.30. You'll have plenty of time to get from the exam. Fuck. To, you're, to the, you're like, yeah, but you don't understand. I need to be there yeah. two hours before to warm up, do everything. Fuck. He had, he had no clue. So that was wow. Like, uh, like when I saw the email, I had to read it about three times. So, so to realize like, hang on, is he serious? Yeah. So I wrote back and I said, uh, I'm sorry, but I've got to be there two and a half hours before to get prepped. Like I'm not so unfacilitating, but I'm not playing, you know, part under twenties with yeah. my mates. Like it's pretty serious. It's the NRL. <laughs> like so that was kind of the straw that I went, oh, okay, this this isn't like they're not helping me. Like I need I need a bit of help here. So that was the reason I was always changing degrees, but I also changed unis to QUT because they had an elite athlete program and they were absolutely brilliant. Wow. Uh, as I said, uh, that has changed. I I'm pretty sure at, at UQ, I think they do have an elite athlete program now, so it'd be very different. But that was my experience when I was there. Yep. QUT on the other hand were absolutely brilliant. Um, anytime I need an exam change, an extension on an assignment, they facilitated that without a fuss. It was absolutely brilliant uh in terms of like the time management stuff um that was obviously a challenge particularly coming into the second semester i always found easier because exams were in november yep so generally you're in your holiday period from the nrl anyway yeah for a lot of the the semester the hard one was the first semester because exams are in june which is smack bang in the middle of like origin period which You when know, you'd be getting the call up to play for the teams, you know, because they've got yeah, or, or you're uh, yeah, traveling a bit more. Broncos seem to always play more away games, and I'm not yeah. sure if that's actually true, but that's what it felt like during during Origin. Well, it was it was like away. I don't know about during Origin, but I definitely know it was like the Broncos played 12 home games and 14 away games last year. So yeah, that's definitely more away games than home games. Yeah, so it was 
yeah, it was just that that was the difficult period was that that like um May June period where I'm coming into exams. That that was the hard thing, but yeah, I just always knew footy wasn't lasting forever. You don't sort of yeah. you know, unfortunately not all players sort of respect that, but I always I always knew it was coming. I, I knew I had to be prepared otherwise I'd go through a period where where it would be quite tough. So I just made sure I did it. It was just yeah. no question. I just had to do it. I had to, you know, stay up later some nights. I had to say no to mates wanting to go to the pub on a Saturday or well, there was just sacrifices had, you do. Yeah, it was just things I had to sacrifice and I just did that because I knew I had to. So but you do yeah, I did have to be good with time management. I I, I picked law because I do like reading. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of judgments which I don't like reading, which are very boring, but um generally I'm a pretty good reader. So that hasn't been been an issue for me so yeah well i mean are those harry potter books up there yours <laughs> they are yeah that's a throwback to my childhood <laughs> very nice um understand you're a harry potter fan because you could uh i could tell absolutely i'm a harry potter fan yes i've got those same books not it with me at the moment because i'm currently in the process of moving but yes absolutely what's your favorite harry potter book uh and movie I find the first one hard to go past because mm-hmm. it just it just grabs you. It just grabbed me as a yeah. I remember I was grade five. My teacher read the first book to us, and that was it was all over. Which is strange because like now, if someone gives me a TV series or something that's not half believable, like I I just I'm not interested. But Harry yeah. Potter, I suppose because I've got what caught, house? What caught, house are you in? Do you reckon? Do you align with probably Ravenclaw with the smarts, but law. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to think Gryffindor, but yeah, we don't know. No, that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. Back into some, well, let's go some, for some English, CJ. Jesus. Let's go with some uh, fun, quick fire type questions. First of all, how do you like your steak? Uh, medium or medium rare. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, what's your beer or alcoholic beverage of choice? Uh, I like Great Northern. Um, the beer from up here, but I have enjoyed the new better beer that's come out. So, mm, uh, great, no, great northern. If um, if I'm at a pub and it's yeah. on, top, I can't go past that. Yep, I, I'm on to great northerns and bolters. But recently, I tried the Bundaberg ginger beer alcoholic. Like I, I've had the James Squires and all that, and the Brookvale Unions thought, yeah, they're all right. But like, obviously. Bundaberg's going to do it best when they've already got ginger beer. It's yeah. so good. If you haven't tried it, definitely get onto it. I haven't, but I do like the Squires and the Brookvale one. So, well, definitely uh, get onto the Bundaberg yeah. ones. They're like they're, they're much they're much sweeter. They're much more ginger beery than okay. the other two. Yeah, absolutely. A uh, Netflix show or binge that you watched uh, during lockdown last year and the year before? Uh, probably Power was. Probably the first lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love that. Uh, I binged Game of Thrones. I was a bit late to the party there, so I watched that. And yeah, they're probably the two. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Um, I'm sorry, this is a question not about the quick fire though, but how was the bubble in the NRL last year in 2021 compared to the, you could say, emergency bubble they had to create in 2020? Well, I think... I think the one in 2020 was uh, a bit, it was stricter, yeah. but I think the 
the uncertainty of the situation that the world was going in made it yeah. a little bit more understandable. And I a think it's easier I, for you. It's easier to wrap your head around because the world was everything just, just shut down. No one knew what was what we were dealing with. Uh, and it was sort of chaos around the world. So everyone kind of knew, all right, this is this is real. This is what we've got to do. There was, you know, I was involved in the discussions with the NRL about pay cuts and like there was genuine fear that the season won't happen at all and we won't get paid. So it was like the the alertness was like, whoa, whoa, this is real. This is what we got to do. Yep. But then last year it was like everyone was pretty fatigued by it from the year before because yeah. the kind of messaging coming out of the NRL was there won't be any more bubbles. We're, <laughs> we're done with that. And then well, well look what like, happened. Boom, bubble again and that 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 well it, it sort of hit me because i was like i'm not doing this again and that was probably another factor another reason why i sort of wasn't enjoying my footy as well as i should be because yeah. like it was just so life was so boring like you go to train and come home that's all you could do couldn't yeah. couldn't go down to woolies like yeah so yeah the 2021 one was really difficult uh, and going up the coast to stay at Twin Waters was was great because we had the whole uh, the whole hotel, hotel. So we had space to move. We could go. You, you also had place. teammates that you could you know hang out yeah, with if you needed exactly. to. Yeah, you had a social life, whereas yeah. you, you pretty much didn't, other than the people you lived with in the uh, twenty twenty. In well, in twenty twenty one, when I was living at home. Yep. Yep. Um, you couldn't uh, couldn't do anything. So yeah, the twenty twenty one was difficult but i think we all understood the gravity of the situation last year was really that was really hard uh mentally just the fatigue of the year before it was like oh no not again they've told yeah. us we're not going because well, then you end up because in 2020 as i'm sure you know you ended up doing like 20 rounds in a row like from 10 weeks off and yeah. you were only given about three weeks, from what I'm led to believe, as a as a preseason. So, how yeah. did you handle that preseason in 2020? That that well, that second preseason. Yeah, well, the, at the Titans, we they they were really good. They so we all kept training. We all had to download this app on our what, uh, sorry, our phone, uh, so they could see the kilometers. We were <laughs> there's running. no getting out of it. <laughs> no, no, there was no getting out of it, and we were quite well prepared. Yeah, uh, they where they could obviously they didn't have unlimited access to gym equipment but they set up a lot of us with uh, home gyms so whilst we only had a three-week uh organized pre-season as a team everyone kept training we had zoom calls twice a week i think just to update the coaches uh, on what we were doing how we were training like our routine for the day just so that people weren't lost in waking up at midday yeah you know and just living like an off, like a real off season, you know? So, and then obviously the Zoom calls helped with having a bit of a social life because everyone was in lockdown at that stage. Yeah. So you couldn't see mates outside of footy. You couldn't So, yeah, that was important. I think Titans handled that really well. And that probably showed at the back end of that 20, what was that 20? Yeah. 2020 season where I think we won five or six in a row. That yeah, was, you did. Um, so I think that was, we handled that as a club quite well. Um, from what I sort of have gathered talking to the Broncos boys, they didn't handle it as well. And that's probably yep. why their season that's went. Part of the, that's did. definitely part of the reason as to how it went and how it did. 
yeah, upon resumption. So, yeah, that was a real challenge for all clubs how to handle that. So, and then there was also new rules, not just not just that, but new rules that you had to adjust to. You know, like the six again and all that. How did you personally handle those changes? You know, because firstly, you've got the three week preseason, which, as you said, you you guys did that pretty well, kept fit, and then throw new rules into the mix. One ref, six again, all that sort of stuff. Controversial now, CJ. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, that that was as if the challenges weren't hard enough. The game went and just made all these crazy rule changes. I uh, do. I personally am a fan of bringing back just one ref, but I'm definitely yeah. on the fence still about the six again. Sorry, continue. I uh, I think their intention with the six again is is good. Mm. I think we're going to see. Over the next twelve to eighteen months, I think we're going to see a lot less structured football, and yes. I think the, the innovative young, young coaches, yeah, that's probably um, a bit too stereotypical. But I think I think there'll be the innovative coaches that can think out of the box. I think are going to really, really right. sell in the new in the the new era. Of, you could say new era, yeah. Well, it is. It's a different. It's a different game. It's. It's, re- it's very reminiscent of the early 2000s. It's got hints of early 2000s, like that type of free-flowing. Yeah. But it's, but it it's definitely – I do like the adjustment they've made to the six again this year, like coming yeah, into the I think I think uh, clubs are really using those rules uh, to their advantage and, and really being offside a lot. So I think that's a good change. Uh, but I think they probably, they probably need to – Wool up on the on the real changes now. I think they need to give this a good two years, yes, or longer, and and just let let clubs work it out now. Yep, uh, and and it, let cl- coaches innovate, let uh, let ideas bubble because the more you change, no one can no one Adjust. can actually sit down in an off season and go, all right, these are the new rules. How can we adjust our game, change our structures? How can we do all that? How can we have these rules best? suit us you know exactly like what players what players can we recruit that are better suited or you know what yeah. players can we try and move on that aren't as suited so exactly they, they need to let they need to let these rules simmer. Um, simmer and let let clubs and coaches work it out and that'll Absolutely. be i think that'll be really exciting because i, I think, think so i think too. the product that comes out of this period uh, I don't think the product's been great. Probably the la- pro- certainly last year, I didn't think the product was great. I think it was great when you watched the top four teams play. Yeah, but that's other than that, it. I thought it was pretty ordinary because you knew that. Like Melbourne well, flogged the Tigers. Like you knew exactly how they were going to win. But yeah, I, I, I'm a, I would love nothing more on a weekend than to watch every NRL game. Well, I'm a what? true hard f- fan. I'm, I'm, I'm a true too. I turned more games off last year than I ever have because wow. the result was done. Way too early for in me. like the first yeah. twenty minutes. Exactly. One game I did love last year. Um, I I know if you were at the Roosters at this point, um, but it was the second game the Broncos played the Roosters and the Broncos. No, it was the first game the Broncos played the Roosters and they beat them. Yeah, well, like I, in, in I, Sydney. I that game. Funny, funny, so funny. Um, funny stat, crazy yep. stat. Might never ever happen again. I yep. played for the Broncos against the Roosters and we mm-hmm. won and I scored a try. Yep. Later in the year, I play for the Roosters against the Broncos. Against the Broncos, score a try, and we win. Wow! How's that? That's insane. That that's that's like one. That's like Ken Mamalo last year. It's it's this is yeah, not necessarily yeah. that way, but you know how like he played for the uh, Warriors against the Storm and lost by like I think thirty points plus. He then the next week played for yeah, the Tigers yeah. against the Storm and lost. Yeah, yeah. Like, 
you, yeah. you, you kind of had the reverse of yeah. Ken Mamalu. Wow, and that's I, so but interesting. I won, I won both times. So I'm, yes, that's I'm true. Yeah. I loved, loved, like as a Broncos fan, we hadn't had much success in 2020, as I'm sure you know. Yeah. Watching that game, given the Roosters and like how well they've been the last few years, I was like, let's go. I was at me local and on the big screen and I was just like, yes, yes. And we win and I'm yeah. like, how was Victor Radley that night? I, I have to ask. Because yeah, it was, was like... It, it definitely didn't. The refs, I feel like, low key had it out a little bit for him that game because there was a few. One sin bin was definitely justified, but the others and the on reports, I don't think he deserved. Personally, yeah, how I did think, you feel in the I, game? I agree. I think that was that was during that period where mm-hmm. the refs were the just cracked being, down. Uh, I was anyway. That's probably yeah. another story. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, like right. that's a and well, and look. I probably agree with you. I probably think one was. There was one shot that was right. genuinely like, not, nah, not on. Nah. But yeah. Other than that, I thought we got pretty lucky on that night for those two <laughs> Yeah. Um, and yeah, Victor was very frustrated and I understood his frustration. Um, yes. Yeah. So that well, was. Well, I, I saw Victor a few weeks later on at the Central Coast because um, they played in at the Central Coast. I can't remember who it was. It was actually against the Raiders. Actually, it was Indigenous round against the Raiders. Um, and I asked him, you know, like, how is he feeling? You know, and he goes, mate, I'm fucking ropeable. I'm like, okay, that's fair. And I would be too. I will be too. He really got the short stick. He really did. Uh, not speaking out of school, but I don't think it takes too much for Victor to be ropeable. So that, that's true. That's all. <laughs> that's true. Um, so back to the uh, quick fire questions. Who was the funniest teammate you played with, no matter what team it was at? <sighs> Kane Evans is pretty hard, pretty hard. I mean, we saw what was written yeah. on his tape, so of yeah, course. He's, he's a character, that's for sure. Um, who else? There's plenty of funny ones. Mm-hmm. Sammy Thorday was funny. Yep. Yeah, he was funny. Uh, who was the biggest prankster? Oh, just you... oh, easy. easy. Yeah. Right, yeah. So a good story about him. Go um, for it. When I'd not long moved out of home and Scott Anderson was living with me at the time. We were both at the Broncos. Mm-hmm. And Josh and his mates around around like north side of Brisbane, we sort of yep. grew up in the same area. Did you play so against we, each other when you were juniors? No, nah, he was a year older. So he oh, played okay. basketball too. Yeah, I, I thought so. Yeah, I was a year younger. Um, so, yeah, knew Josh really well. Like we'd known each other for years at this stage. Yep. Yep. Him and his mates who I knew but not not really well, but knew, knew oh, of. Yeah. We were sitting down. Uh, I think one of us was cooking – um, watching TV, like the lights were on. Next minute, yep. power goes out. We're all like, whoa, what's happening? Power goes out. Power goes out. Yeah, power goes out. Next minute, we hear, where's Ando downstairs? All this banging <laughs> like that. We hear the door open downstairs and we're like, oh no, what's going on here? Hear this banging, cluttering, like people running up the stairs. So you're like, thinking you're getting Ando, robbed or something. Yeah, Ando's run down the front stairs. I'm in the kitchen. I just we had like a big island bench, so I've just yep. dropped them like like army crawled out. <laughs> we get out the front, and they've they've made their way through the house, and then come down the front stairs, and they've got balaclavas on, <laughs> big hockey sticks, these big hockey sticks, and we're all like they they're just laughing. They've lost, it. and then and I like oh how embarrassing, got us an absolute beaut. But oh wow, yeah, he was. He was like he got actually another story about Ando. Mm. There was a car wash just up the road, and yep. just, just taking his like new 
it was like a it was a second hand but it was a land rover yeah yeah new for him and it was a land rover it was a beautiful car just taking it through the car wash and there was a mcdonald's just there josh went through ordered um a couple of soft serves (laughs) (laughs) after it's freshly washed freshly washed (laughs) so you can imagine ando was really really impressed oh yeah that's he was, hilarious. He was the best prankster. I um, love that. Yeah. It's fucking great. Um, so we covered funniest teammate. Who was the biggest pest at each club? Oh, Josh McGuire. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest pest too. Uh, yeah. Because of all those little pranks. It always yeah. became just like simple stuff that were just annoying. Like he'd put yeah. cups in your locker that were full of water. So you open it and it goes all over your clothes and like just yeah. annoying stuff like that. So, yeah. <laughs> That's per- not, not giving him a great rap here, but <laughs> well, I mean, those stories are great. So, like, of course, he was going to be the biggest pest with those stories that you just mentioned. Yeah. So, that's yeah. great. Um, and by the way, I've heard similar from players who've played with him as well. So, yeah, well, it's it's not a bad thing. No, so. I, 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 great, great bloke. Like, really like, really like Moose, but yeah, he can be a pest. <laughs> that's fair enough. Um, just looking at the list, uh, funniest teammate. Um, so of your coaches, obviously, you had. You had a lot. You had Justin Holbrook. You had well, you had a few at the Titans, but you also had the likes of Trent Rubbo, who has gone on to be a three-time premiership coach. You had Wayne Bennett. Out of all of them, who do you think impacted your life the like the best or the most sort of thing? Impacted my life. Mm. Um, it's really hard because I only had Wayne for twelve months, and then I only had Robbo really for twelve months as well. Mm-hmm. So they were very, very short. Um, but I think I think in 10 years' time, I've, I'll say Robbo yeah. um, because he – just the lessons about, like, life and being a good man are probably things that will stick with me mm-hmm. more, than, more than other things. When Wayne took over, uh, he had – there was a lot – for him to fix, I suppose. And he had a fair few new recruits and that was all that, that 12 months just went so quickly where, yeah. so there wasn't a lot of like sort of one-on-one um, yeah. conversation that went on uh, with me anyway. So whereas I probably had a fair bit more of that with Robbo in the time yeah. I spent with him. So probably in 10 years time, I'd probably say Robbo, yeah. but um, it's a tough question because yeah. I was, they were short periods with those two. They and weren't long enough to really gauge. Honestly, uh, I had I had short throughout. So like 15, I had Wayne, 16, Robbo, 17, Neil Henry, 18, Brennan, 19, Brennan, or half of 19, Brennan, 20, 20 and 21. Aldrich, yeah, and then 21, Walters, and yeah. Robbo. So yeah. I didn't really have it. Like Hook was my longest term coach from yep. um, sort of 09 in 20s. And then yeah. we, we sort of came together in first grade in 11 to 14. So, but that was so long ago now too. Yeah. And I'm so young. So yeah, now that pick up as much as I probably should have. No, absolutely. Yeah, so pretty hard. Cause I had so many coaches in such a, for, for short stints. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I mean, the Titans were in all kinds of ways um, when you joined them. So there was definitely like that, a lot of things going on. Um, yeah. I was going to say, and when they brought in Justin, he just won the, I think, two in a row with St. Helens over in the UK, yeah. you know, and, and he's an Aussie himself. So it was like basically a homecoming, really. What, what was it like? And how did the team, you know, receive 
or the reception sort of thing of Holbrook once he got into the facilities and stuff. Because you guys went from Spooners in 2019 to picking it up in 2020 and doing even better last year. I mean, you weren't at the times last year, but yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, well, I, I knew Justin. He was the assistant under Robbo in 2016. Yes, he was. So, so I knew... Uh, I knew Justin from my time there uh, and I knew, I knew what we were getting. I knew it would be very roosters like in the way we trained uh, the way our football would evolve to. It was yep. obviously going to take time and it's still probably developing to be fair, but uh, he also brought in Michael Gordon. Uh, no, sorry. Yeah. He brought in Michael Gordon as an assistant. Um, Flash had retired the year before and he had been at the Roosters. So yes. he had uh, a couple of us and his the Roosters method is is quite a bit different to certainly everyone that had played at the Titans for a couple of years. That was and, – and that needed to change. But even for guys like sort of Jared Wallace and so, sort of those guys that had been at other clubs, other successful clubs. It's still a bit of a different, different sort of. Whereas you knew somewhat philosophy. of what to expect, sort of thing. Yeah, so he kind of had man flash to kind of say, because the way he did it, sort of was a real skill focus at the start of the preseason. It wasn't like day one you're gonna we're gonna kill you, yeah. which a lot of clubs do still do. Um, and so the first week, all the all the older boys are going what are we doing? Like we need to work harder than this. And I was like, just, just relax. This is how the route trust. Yeah. trust, trust that by March you'll be in more than good enough, Nick. Right. So yeah. he, he, he had a couple of us there to say, look, just, just trust again, me. you've got to buy into what the coach is trying yeah. to do. And yeah. so he had you and, you know, flash to be able to say, nah, we've been through this before. Yeah. Trust. And, and then after a couple of weeks, the boys are like, Oh, this is, this is outstanding. Like we don't feel like, she, we could, you know, yeah, we don't feel like we're cooked already. And then you get to like January and February and the boys are like, Oh, we're in great shape. And then yeah, COVID kind of hit and it yeah. just went, went all crazy. But yeah, like obviously it was a huge improvement from that year. And probably if the, the season was only 20 games that year, if it was 25, like a normal year, like we're coming home. I, home. I reckon finals footy. I was going to say, I reckon maybe finals. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause um, we, that, that last game of that round 20, we put a score on the Knights who were yeah. seventh, I think. And we, we dusted them. Yeah, you did. Quite, I, quite I, I definitely think, so, yeah, if there was 24, 25 rounds. Yeah. And, I think and finals. However, though, in saying that, do you think that if COVID, obviously it's fun to speculate and ponder. Do you think if COVID wasn't a thing, didn't hit, there wasn't a 10-week break and the season went on as normal, do you think you guys make finals? Because I, I think the Titans would have. I'm probably, so? probably going to say no. I think that period was good because what the coaches did is they had time to realise that they had to strip the they had to strip everything back before they built on it. Yep. I think probably those first two games we played, Canberra flogged us, Parramatta beat us by 50 Everything was just a bit probably too complicated for where we were at as a group. And the yeah. coaches, when the season stopped, the coaches got together and went, let's strip it right back and then we'll just add layer by layer slowly. Yeah. And so I think that was probably pretty beneficial for, for our group, particularly we were quite young and not like there wasn't much success in the group. Like yeah. we, we didn't really believe in what we were doing. And so I think that was probably a positive 
So I probably think we needed that period to sort sort some things out. Yep. So I'd still probably say we would we don't play finals. Um, okay. But if they extended the season to proper twenty four with the break, yeah, with the break, we play finals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd, I'd stipulate to that absolutely. Just a lot, a few more questions, and then I'll let you go. Um, first one is when you were a winger, obviously, and you also played center sometimes. Who was the you know at, at each club? Which player did you love having? out on the wing when you're a center and which player did you love having as a center when you're a winger? Yes. Uh, and Hodjo at the Broncos. Hodjo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like playing outside him. He was pretty special. Um, great sledger. Uh, <laughs> yes, You get a laugh every now and again too. Uh, when I was playing center, uh, obviously Daniel Tupo was amazing. Probably doesn't get as much credit as he deserves. Um, but I only, only had him for a small small period. Mm-hmm. Probably probably Anthony Don at the Titans. Like yes, the Don, yep. The underrated. Um, he's now retired, hasn't he? He's retired too, yeah. Absolute, yeah, champion bloke as well. So didn't probably he break, those Didn't he break Meadey's try scoring? He did. He, he did, broke yeah. the record. He doesn't, uh, he reminds us of that quite <laughs> often. So, um, yeah, no, great bloke. Great to play with too, just you just knew what you were going to get. So they're the players you like playing with. Um, yeah, so yeah, nah. probably those guys. Absolutely. Um, and which halves did you, obviously, again, you play with a plethora of different halves and stuff, you know, Hunts, um, plenty of the Roosters, Titans. Who was your favourite, you know, halves combination that you like, you know, basically running the show for you sort of thing? Uh, I think I probably played my best footy with Benny Hunt in yep. 20, 2014. I played yep. a lot of right centre that year uh, outside him. And he had a cracker year that year. I think he was maybe two or three points off the Dally M. Um, and that was his probably real breakout. He was mm. sort of a bench hooker before that. And 2014, Hook gave him the keys to the show and he had a sensational year. So I'd yeah. probably say Benny. Yeah, uh, nice. Yeah. And 2015, I hate to bring it up as a Broncos fan. Um, it was a great season for the Broncos, except for the grand final. Don't get me wrong. It was a great, great season. Like we, like we went from, I was at the Broncos manly game in Gosford when we get flogged. right? <laughs> and I mean, that's no discredit to the Broncos though. We get flogged and then we go on to make the finals and manly don't, by the way, that year, they don't make the finals. The Broncos go on to make the finals and make the grand final. So it was an amazing run, you know, got, got the hopes and all that stuff. And then um, obviously what happened happened, but, Neither here nor there. Let's live and dogs lie. Uh, what was that season like in general, and the vibe at the Broncos throughout that whole year? Did you at any point, or at any point, at the Broncos be like, "We can do this," you know, "We can get there," sort of thing? Yeah, it was it was a really frustrating year for me personally uh, because come off the year before, uh, which was the best year I had in my career, Absolutely and I, was. it was the only it was that the only season I played every game. Yep. And I did my I did my shoulder like in round ten, mm-hmm. uh, but the year before I'd missed the whole year with my knee, so I just strapped it up and battled on. At the end of that year, I got picked in the Kangaroos squad, but had to pull out, and which I regret quite a bit because I remember thinking I think I was only like twenty two or around that age, and I thought like Wayne Wayne obviously Wayne was coming the next year, and I thought. You know, I'll get my shoulder done, get that right, get a good preseason, and 24, uh, 2015 will be my, my year. My year. Um, and then 
uh, that, like when the Australian team played, they end up they were everyone had pulled out that year. I don't know if you remember, but Sione Mcgrady yes. played on the wing, and he don't played about six NRL games at that stage. Yeah. But there was just like it was it was insane, really sort of slim pickings. So I probably probably would have played because I played played a really good year that year. So I probably would have played for Australia, which looking back would have been awesome. But yeah, I kind of thought in my head, oh, there's time for that. I'll get my shoulder fixed. But anyway, so 2015, we get flogged in round one by South, who were absolutely red hot, won the comp the year before. Just before round two, I do my calf. Uh, they bring in uh, Oatsy, I think. I think so, yeah. And then I couldn't get back in. I played a few games of cup. Then I kind of got another chance and in training, I do my hammy. Then I'm coming back from my hammy, playing for North, and I fracture my uh, eye socket. Oh. So I just had like all these little runs of little injuries. I just couldn't get back in the team. And the team was playing great. Like I think yeah. we finished third or yeah, second, yeah. third, I think. Yep. So I couldn't get back in the team, which was justified. Uh, and then sort of Wayne, I was kind of getting a bit angry not getting picked because I'd come off a good year and I thought, oh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not playing Queensland Cup. I want to play first grade. So kind of yep. had a conversation with Wayne and, uh, that was when Hodjo decided to hang the boots up and Wayne said, like, next year's your year. I just want you around the group, learn as much as you can. So I thought, all right, that's good. So I pretty well travelled with the team for the sort of last six weeks of the season and then in the, into the finals. And you are 18th man for the grand final, weren't you? 18th man for the grand final and kind of like on standby right up because yeah. in the major semi, Hodjo got... Hodjo um, held back. Yep. Quite bad. So he didn't train. I don't even, I don't think he even did captain's run or he might have done like half a captain's run. Like I yep. did the whole train in his place the whole time. And um, yeah, he obviously was good to go. They they got him right for the game. But and Andy had a, a judiciary charge. He too. did. Yeah. So I was like, was like if, if it was an injury, it would have been judiciary sort of thing. Yeah. So he got off that and then was able to play. So yeah, didn't get to play. Um, but yeah, I think it was probably like I don't know when we really thought like we could we could do this like because we were a pretty new group like Adam Blair had come, Darius had come, yep. uh, we'd had quite a few like Benny Barber had left the year before. There was there was a few that sort of turned over and it was majority of the same squad with yep. Dubs and and Blairy, and we just kind of kept rolling, kept winning. Yeah. Um, we'd play not that great and we'd win and then we'd sort of show up and Wayne had like make us feel like we'd lost, like, cause we weren't, some games we weren't playing well, but we were just, yeah. winning, which is, yeah. It'd be we, literally, you'd be right? winning games you shouldn't have yeah. and you'd be losing games you should have won sort of thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, we come to the end of the year and we're like right up in the top four and it's like, you're like, shit, how I, we I, get don't know, here? I don't know if there was a moment. It was just like, let's just, let's just keep going and let's see where this takes us. Yeah. And then, yeah, obviously, when we beat the Roosters in that, mate, in that, uh, so what we beat the Cowboys and then we had the week off, then we played the Roosters and then we dusted them and they were the minor yeah. pioneers and we put on a real good game that game. Yeah. 
Uh, that I went into the grand final confident because yeah, of how we'd beaten the Cowboys. Well, not we, as in you guys had beaten the Cowboys in the first week of finals. So already got the somewhat mental edge over them there. And then you'd beaten the Roosters again, the minor premiers tip to go to the grand final. And yeah. I'm like that when you win uh, that game against the Roosters, I'm like, right, let's go. Sort yeah. of thing. Well, I think, yeah, that was probably our sort of thoughts too. Uh, and then, yeah, obviously one of the greatest grand finals. Easily the greatest, and that's that's I'm trying to remove my bias, but easily the greatest of the NRL era. Because what a game I've seen, to be fair, right? It just had it. It had every, it had everything, as you said, everything. Golden Point as well. I think that's the only NRL Grand Final that's gone to Golden Point so far, and like it had the missed goal, just everything. And I hate to say it, but the the bloody drop from Ben Hunt, it, it had everything. Yeah, it did, and probably immortalizes JT. And uh, and probably immortalizes Ben Hunt, but in a different way. Yeah, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. Uh, but I was going to say, um, obviously you uh, being close to Ben Hunt, you know, had a few ripper years with him at the Broncos. How did he handle that? As in, from what you could see or notice, like after that, not necessarily the week after, but you know, the, the season after at the Broncos, because I can only imagine it would have been awful for him to feel like that sort of feeling. Yeah, well, the season after I had left yeah, um, yeah, that's right. but yeah obviously no doubt would have taken its toll um but no benny would have wouldn't have whinged to too many people he probably did, dealt with it all internally and um yeah he's sort of gone on to play for queensland and australia and uh he's had a, a hell of a career so it'll uh it, it's obviously part of his career sort of thing yeah what he's done in the games pretty outstanding so speaks for um, itself his career sort of thing so yeah very unfortunate but he was the worst thing is he was probably our best player on that night or very very close to like maybe Oatsy was on fire as well milf was really good too he was yeah Um, but without without benny we're probably not even in that position to be fair so yeah yeah, it's just it's unfortunate but no that's fair um one last question i got is um, what's next for Dale Copley? Yeah, so I started uh, working at a law firm in Brisbane. Um, what have I come to the end of my fifth or sixth week, I think, this week? So that's been been a bit of a challenge, uh, but one I'm really enjoying. I'm in a really good team at, at, uh, at Gaden's Lawyers in, in the city. So, yeah, it's obviously a challenge for players finishing up their career, what's next, yeah. where do they go? It's, it's, I probably, I obviously knew it was going to be a challenge and I had sort of identified a few things that I thought was going to be a challenge, but I, I probably didn't give myself enough credit uh, for some of the things because a few of the things I've handled, oh, well, I haven't even, it hasn't really even been a challenge. So yeah. um, just around like work hours, like footy, you show up, you train for two hours, you have four hours hanging around with your mates and then train for another hour or two. And then it's really only have to concentrate for three, three and a half, four hours a day. Yeah. So I thought sitting in front of a computer for eight hours would be a real challenge, but that hasn't, hasn't worried me. Um, So yeah, it's been really, it's really exciting. I'm absolutely loving, loving the challenge. It's a different challenge, obviously Mm -hmm. not, not so much physical, but it's sort of an intellectual challenge. That, uh, and it can help prepare you for when you finish your law degree as well. Yeah, that's right. So I'm, uh, yeah, it's, I'm probably learning more 
uh, from practical sense on the job than I am at uni now. It's, um, yeah, the application of the law is very different to the study of it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Um, really, really challenging, uh, really challenging work, really great group that I've, uh, that I've stumbled upon. Uh, yep. that have, um, yeah, been really, really good to work with. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting. It's exciting times. Uh, the next sort of six to eight months working and, and finishing off my, my degree. So yeah, yeah nice. really, uh, really exciting times. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and I just thought of one last question. Uh, sorry. It's what advice would you give to any youngsters who would love to, you know, who have aspirations to make it in, you know, any professional sport, whether it's rugby league or not. Cool. How, how young are we talking here? Oh, let's go, let's go 10 to 14 years old sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I think preparing, chasing it, chasing it, like chase it. You want to be a, you want to be a, whatever it is, professional NRL player, AFL, dancer, whatever, musician, chase it. If you want it, hunt go it get down, it. write yeah. it down and make, let people know, like tell people this is what you want to do. And, and go after it, but also yeah. prepare as if it's not going to happen uh, because yeah. there's a very, very small percentage of people that become, you know, James Tedesco, yep. Buddy Franklin, you know, Guy yeah. Sebastian, like yeah. in all those industries, the percentages are very, very small. So go and go and get it and grab yeah. it and, and try your absolute backside off to get there. Yeah. And, but understand that, there's only a very, very small percentage that are going to get there and yeah. that are going to make millions of dollars or, you know, are going to end up on the big stage. So study, identify what you're good at, what you love doing, and on the side, pursue a career in that because yeah. uh, it's a, it will be a bit of a letdown when you're not the 0.01% that, become the superstar that you dreamt of. Um, yeah. So by all means, go chase it. Uh, <laughs> and that's, yeah, I'm a, I'm a dad now. So that's, yeah, that's exactly what I'll be telling my daughter. And uh, you, I was going to say, you, you mentioned you're going to be a dad for the second time soon. Congrats yes, on that. Thank you. So yeah, I got uh, about six weeks, I think. Until oh, wow. our second. Do you know the gender or, or are you waiting until? Uh, we're waiting. So wow. Okay. Uh, Old school. Very nice. Yeah, we did that with uh, with our daughter. Yep, that was that was unreal. Great, great surprise. So we're, we've decided to do that again. Are you so going to try and get uh, her into the NRLW pathways? <laughs> she's a bit. Uh, she's got the traits. I think she's pretty rough and ready. So uh, we'll see. She'll be able to do whatever she wants. But that, like, that's the advice I'll be giving her. Go, you go do whatever you want, but go for it. <laughs> go chase it, yeah, and don't do it by halves. But absolutely. Also, also um study at school yep obviously i understand schools and academic works not for everyone so if it's a trade you want uh whatever it is prepare as if you're not going to get there but also chase it which yeah. is kind of conflicting but that's probably it, how it makes sense it. it makes sense you know it's yeah. yeah exactly go for it but also be prepared for if it doesn't happen yeah because it's yeah, but, it, but go for it as if it is going to happen at the same time. Yeah, definitely. Time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Put, put your eggs like push your chips in. Keep just a couple on the side. Just yeah, in case it doesn't work out. No, nah, that's it. 
Uh, click stop recording there and I'll click stop recording.